This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, and my guest today is Trisha Dyka, who is an intuitive coach, a Reiki master, best-selling author, teacher, and speaker. Her mission is to help empaths get out of emotional overwhelm by learning what emotions are really theirs and what belong to others, and hone those gifts so that they can truly follow those dreams. So welcome, Tricia. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited. Our, our topic today is going to just be amazing. So um, our are, as always, our things that we talk about are with resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. And if you adopt those four principles, then you can win at anything in life. And so tell us what your journey has been to get to where you are today. Um, it, well, well, it all started about nine years ago when I finally learned I was an empath. I did not understand it growing up. I did not understand it as an adult. And it probably started in September. I remember when it started because I, I woke up one day and I was very heavy. Mm -hmm. and I felt just unhappy and miserable. And there was nothing that I could do to get out of that. And I watched it progressively get worse until right around Thanksgiving, I started the tears. But it was like tears of... The weight of the world was on my shoulders and I was crying for the world. It made no sense. There was no understanding of it. There was no reason for it. And for somebody who loved the holidays, I was like hiding. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to be around people. Um, and it got worse and worse and worse. And I am an extrovert and I love to be around people. And I put a smile on my face and I felt dead inside. And my husband would just keep saying to me, what's wrong? And I'd be like, I don't know. He's like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, I literally just don't know. Mm -hmm. Just am so sad. I am so depressed. I am scared. I am anxious. Like all of these emotions just kept coming at me. And there was nothing that was causing it in my life. Nothing made sense. I didn't understand. And like I put a Christmas tree up and I put lights on it. And that was it. <laughs> I love Christmas trees and decorating and being out and being, and I went into a mall and I literally just walked in and started crying and I walked right back out. Mm -hmm. And my husband's like, I don't understand and I don't know how to help you. And he didn't know how to help myself. Like it was, it was so bad. And this was going on for months and months and months. And I finally was like, as Sad as this is to admit, I was at the point in my life where I just said, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's going on. Please help me. Or I need to just let this go. Like I, I was okay with not waking up the next morning because I knew the next morning was going to bring another round of this. Right. And it was at the point where I was like, I'm done. Literally, mentally, physically, emotionally, I was done. And I woke up the next day <laughs> and it was just like, again, you know, but because I finally was at that point where I was like, help me, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know where to go. Then I started to get people saying to me, you're no longer around. What's going on? Somebody said, I have this message to give you. And I'm like, message? Okay, whatever. I'm open to whatever. And I got on the phone with her. She was a friend of mine. We met through Facebook. And she's like, you're an empath. And I'm like, huh? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And she started to explain it to me. I started to do my own research. My husband did research and said, hon, this is you. This is you to me. And I said, all right. And I started to be angry. Like, I'm an empath. What does that even mean? Where does this, you know? But what's amazing to me is that my life started to make sense. My life was, um, I started to understand. Like, 
growing up as a child, I would cry the first three weeks of every school year afraid to die. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is like crazy for a child. This is crazy for me. And I'm like, wow, I get it. <laughs> you know, I get it. I get it. I get why so many, like I'm sensitive to so many things. Like I'm sensitive to lights, to noise, to smells, to emotions, to like all of these things like actually started to make sense to me. And I know you're an empath. So mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is. Yeah. So it was, um, so you have always been an empath. It's not something you just woke up with one day. But you didn't know it until you are in your adult years. So uh, I guess I guess that would have made it would have made your childhood make a whole lot more sense once you can kind of look back on everything retroactively and go, oh yes, that's why. Yeah. So I, as I was mentioning before we got onto this, I have had friends who've reached out to me and said, "What's going on with me? I feel like I'm going insane every time I'm around people. I just feel this. I just." feel all of these just buried emotions and I don't know what's going on and I feel like I'm going crazy. And for me, because I've always known I was an empath, <laughs> I just, it's kind of like, uh, how, how do you not know that? So for me, that was an, an, a, an awakening of my own that uh, people can have the gifts of being an empath and not know it. So uh, why do you think that um, knowing that you are an empath is so important? I know why, but why don't we share that? Oh, wow. There's so many things. <laughs> because <laughs> things start to make sense now. It's like you have these emotions, and when you start to recognize what's yours and what's not, that's pretty big. Mm -hmm. I, for me, being an empath, it's like being the cleaners of the universe, taking these emotions, letting them come through us, helping people in the smallest of ways. Um, I love being out and somebody will just stop and they will tell me their life story. They'll tell me their situations and their issues. And they'll say to me, I have no idea why I just told you all that, but I feel so much better. Right. Or I and feel safe. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, I, find that, I find that is one of the most interesting things to have all of these random strangers come up and all, you know, you're just, maybe you're at the grocery store or something and, and you, you're having an interaction with somebody and all of a sudden you know everything about them because they just like tore open their soul and dumped it because they don't know what else to do with it. And so it's, it is, it's really funny to have people do that. And I've had people comment that are with me. It's kind of like, wow, why did they do that? And it's like, just because they felt safe, I guess. Yeah. They felt safe. They felt heard. They felt a, like whatever issue they just discussed, they felt so much lighter about it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's amazing to see. I, I remember being in, uh, I was doing bottles. Um, I was returning plastic bottles and this woman came up to me and she told me this horrible story and everybody in the place like pretty much was stopped and, and listened to her. And, you know, I, I, couldn't even begin to understand what she was going through. And I said to her, well, thank you for sharing. Um, I want to give you a hug. And she goes, I don't even know why I told you. She goes, but I felt the need to come in here and to tell, like she wasn't even doing bottles. That's what was even freakier. She just walked right in. And my husband's standing there and he's like, wow. He's like, she just literally dumped this huge thing on you. He goes, and then hugged you and walked out. And I said, I know, mm -hmm. I know. And it made her feel better. And people were like, you know, this, there was another woman going, they do this, do you get this all the time? I said, yeah, kind of, I do, yeah. You know, I didn't want to get into it. <laughs> but, yes, they, they come, they tell you, they feel safe, they feel heard. And she did say to me that day, she was like, I feel so much lighter for telling you and sharing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, we, we need to share the vulnerabilities with people. And that's one of the reasons why the world's in the mess that it's in is because everybody's in so much of this, this tribal uh, where they're breaking off into me versus you kind of thing. And we're not having communication. We're not talking to each other. And there are families that are falling apart because people are not talking to each other. So, um, so the problem, though, of having people come and give you their entire life story is that now you have all of that energy on you 
So how do you kind of block yourself now? Not, not necessarily block, but protect yourself now. Um, I find that blocking and protecting myself with, it does not work. I find for me, the more open I am and everything flows through me mm -hmm. is much easier. Okay. And one of the tools I'd love to share is um, I, every morning I set the intention of an open heart center. Uh-huh. And I have a gentle breeze coming through me all day long, clearing anything I may have picked up during the day that is not mine. Because as empaths, you could be home in your own four walls. And right. you're feeling the world. You're feeling somebody else. And you don't have to know who that is. Yes. I, w I once drove... I was once uh, lived in a place where there was these beautiful trees that lined the street. And as I left, I, it's kind of all looks like I, I said hi to the trees every morning as I went by just because the energy from the trees felt so good. And, um, and I went off to my day. And when I came back, I discovered that the city had cut down every single one of them. And there was, I, it was like the trees were screaming. It was just the energy of death and destruction just totally wiped me out for two days because it was, I was just grieving for those poor, beautiful trees. And when I tried to explain it to the people around me, what it was that was bothering me or was disturbing me so much, they couldn't get it because of course, well, they're just trees, but everything Everything on earth has energy. Everything on earth has some spirit, energy, whatever you want to call it. And, and empaths pick those up. Yes. We pick, we pick up every living thing in the world. Mm -hmm. We pick up. I remember walking into a grocery store and there were plants and they were dying. They weren't being fed and watered. And I was so choked up. And my husband's like, what's the matter? Because now he's used to it. And I'm like, the plants are sad. They're not being taken care of. Mm -hmm. And he just said, wow. And, you know, he just, he may not understand the full depth of it, but he understands me. So he was like, wow. So it is so important that we have a creative and supportive environment. It is so important for us to acknowledge the trees and the plants and the bees and people. But we also have to acknowledge that we don't need to let everybody take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Love and kindness. Like we need to have, re, you know, really good boundaries. And as I just want to finish sharing, the one the one tool I use is the heart centered intention. Is it, that breeze comes through you all day long, clearing everything out of you that does not belong to you. I send it down into the earth mm -hmm. to be cleansed, cleared, and healed, and return back up with positive thoughts and love. Mm -hmm. These are things that make me happy. These are things that help me all day long when I get busy with life and don't pay attention and then realize that I've picked up somebody's situation, obstacles, challenges, emotions. Mm -hmm. And it really helps me to clear it out quickly and easily without taking it on. Yeah. Occasionally I though I'm, boy, that was a bad sentence. <laughs> Occasionally though, I imagine things do get stuck. So um, have you gotten to the point where you recognize instantly immediately or did that was that a process you had to grow into also to recognize that oh oh this isn't mine this is somebody else's now i need to let it move through me i created when because when everything got out of control for me i asked the universe to help me to figure this out and i created a empath symbol is what i call it and that can be anything for you i just happen to love big animals Mm -hmm. So I created a, I use a bear and I asked the universe to show me a bear when what I am feeling does not belong to me. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you how creative the universe can be. I was walking into a Best Buy over here during the holidays and I was like, I was feeling a lot of angst. And my husband knew about my symbol and he starts laughing when we walked into Best Buy and I said, what's the matter? And he says, look at every single TV in this place. And on every single TV, there was a bear. <laughs> and, I, and I said, in my head, because, you know, this was when it first started, I was like, okay, come on, really? Prove it to me. <laughs> a woman walked right by me going, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. I go, all right, I'm done. 
like it's not mine but as i grew more accustomed to how much we pick up during the day that we may not even recognize like i was seeing bears everywhere hearing the hearing the growls of bears seeing it on tv getting random emails from people with the subject line bears or a picture of a bear in the body of the email i'm like wow hmm. so and as i got more accustomed to it and learning my energy and learning what was not mine uh, I saw it less and less because I was more present to my body, more present to what was going on around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I don't think I would use bears because I live with bears. They're wandering up and down around my yard all the time. So <laughs> I don't think that I would probably want to have one of those show up like everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it could be anything. It can be animals. It can be instruments. It can be colors. It can be places. And so it could be several different things that you could use. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we also are uh, susceptible to feeling emotions that belong to our ancestors and not our, are not ours. And so, Absolutely. and so those are, it's really important to recognize what is mine, what isn't mine, and then find some way to um, move it out. I like that you have, um, that you imagine a gentle breeze running through your heart because our heart is the center of our intuition. And that is something that people are not in contact with. They're, you know, so we've got people who are living in their heads, they're yeah. ego-based, ego-centered, and they're not even aware that their heart is functioning. And yet 80% of all the information that goes from the body to the brain stops at the heart first. So the heart is where we intuit everything and the, they've proven, proven at the HeartMath Institute that, the, um, that you're, it's like 4.8 seconds before something happens, your heart already knows. Yeah. So yeah, it's really important for us to move into the heart. So have you had any issues with physical ailments that have come up because of you being an empath? Actually, yes, I've had, I had one when I was in my thirties, I started with a kidney infection that just went rampant into my blood system. And one of the biggest things I did was stop with sugar, thinking that was it. And I just let things go because I didn't know in my thirties, it's no idea. So I started to heal, you know, and that was good. And then 10 years later, I ended up with breast cancer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I had already known I was an empath and I started to heal and teach myself and I wanted to teach others. And I went to the doctor for a routine checkup and I, and I was dabbling with a healthier lifestyle in certain ways, but not in others. Like I would, you know, all right, I'm not eating sugar, but I, you know, not realizing it would be the fast food junkie for a week straight, you know? And um, when I was diagnosed, I was went in because I, my regular checkup, but I was having a pain in my neck. Mm. And I was, they, and they thought I had a pinched nerve. I'm like, whatever, let's, figure this out and you know and I wasn't one who liked pills to begin with I wasn't a pill taker I didn't like I just didn't like it and um I found out that I had breast cancer hmm. so um that was really 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 freaky and scary and I came home and I started to do research on it and like within like two days, I, I literally opened all my cabinets and I'm like, garbage, 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 garbage. <laughs> I mean, I just started chucking left and right mm -hmm. uh, foods that I thought were good or the things I was doing and um, realized when I, I took the BRCA gene test I took and they're like, this is not genetic. And when I finally met a surgeon that I liked, he's like, this is all environmental and to me I was like environmental from what I'm putting on and in my body but it was also emotional mm -hmm. the stuff that I had picked up through the years that I just kept taking on his mind kept taking on his mind and 
not addressing that and not and being angry at a lot of things that I couldn't understand why and emotional. And I, I did have the surgery and that was all I, I did. I, I was like, what can I do to start healing myself? What can I do to um, handle this? And the doctors were, oh no, you need radiation. Oh no, you need, I was like, forget chemo because we're not going there. I didn't even know whether I needed it or not, or, or I didn't know the process, but I was like, I'm not doing it. Like, mm -hmm. I just knew I wasn't doing it. And I ended up finding out it was, it was a stage one cancer. Uh, it was not a fast-moving cancer, which, again, was all irrelevant to me because I was like, how was I going to heal this holistically? How, what did I need to do to start to create create really big change as an empath, as a person, as how to handle all of these things. So um, I was going to doctors and at one point, I mean, I was very grateful for my husband because he was with me. And when I said to the doctor, you know, I would come in with stuff I had learned about foods and supplements and water. And one guy was so obnoxious that my husband actually had to like, kind of put stand physically between me and the doctor. And he's like, first of all, you know, just relax. And, and he's like, I want to ask you, would you tell your wife to do these things? And whenever he would ask that question, it would stump them. And he's like, and they would come up with these answers. And he says, you're not answering my question. Would you tell your wife or child to do these things? Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't ever give him a direct answer. Ever. That was a very wise question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so since you've always been an empath, why do you think you had this overwhelm and the lack of desire to continue your life like that? So how did it build up? Why do you think that happened? I think because I took on all these emotions that weren't mine. Mm -hmm. I think as empaths, actually I know as empaths, we'll take on physical issues as well. Um, even being tired, like you'll wake up, sparked and ready to go for the day. And the next thing you know, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I, I don't even know where this came from. Mm -hmm. We actually pick all of those things up, physical issues as well as emotional issues. And by not recognizing whether it's ours or not, we just continue to take it on and take it on and take it on. And it ends up building inside of us mm -hmm. and it results in physical manifestation. It results in illness Mine ended up being an extreme case, but I know there's a lot of empaths out there with autoimmune. There's empaths out there that do have physical issues that they don't understand how they got it or what's going on. And a lot of it is if we're holding on to emotional issues, whether it's ours, because believe me, I'd love to tell you everything isn't ours, but we have our own set of um, tra you know, traumas that we grew up with that we never got rid of that compounded and compounded and you're right about picking up our ancestor stuff that we hold on to and take on as ours as well and when we cannot differentiate between the two it just keeps building and then our body says i can't handle anymore you're ignoring me you're not paying attention to your intuition you're not paying attention to any of these things so i need you to listen to me and i believe it comes out physically in some kind of issue. It could be as simple as a cold or it can be as drastic as cancer. Right. It absolutely comes out in our emotions. Um, so may I ask you, and you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, what kind of a childhood did you have? Um, I had an interesting childhood. <laughs> Uh, as an empath, I was very sensitive. I was constantly in tears and crying, and I was told to stop being so sensitive. I was told to buck up and grow a backbone. And um, we had a lot of fun times, but there was also a lot of things I picked up from my parents who were doing the best that they could with the issues that they went through. I mean, my mom lost both of her parents by the time she was 16. So there's 
all of that coming through as you're raising your own kids. And I would be picking all of those things up without even realizing it. Right. Um, there's a lot of, you know, society pressures on, on now we've kind of pushed society to the back saying, I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to pay attention to what society thinks I should or do, you know, mm -hmm. should be doing with my life. And, it was you have to do this or you have to do that and you have to follow, follow this and then you have your teachers and um, was it easy growing up? No, I don't think any of us had it easy. I mean, some more than others whose parents were into being super spiritual and they were like, all right, these are my kids. They have these special gifts. Go with it. You know, we grew up in a very Catholic household that, you know, don't kill anybody. You just saw a spirit and don't tell anybody that, you know, these things because you're going to hell in a handbasket. Right. Yeah. That definitely added to it. Yes, definitely. So we need to take a break right now. And we are having a conversation with Trisha Dyka, who is an intuitive coach and a Reiki master and an author and really telling us some great things about what it is like to be an empath. So please come back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and our guest today is Trisha Dyka, who's an intuitive coach, a Reiki master, a best-selling author, teacher, and speaker. And her mission is to help empaths get out of emotional overwhelm. And I really appreciate the things that we've been talking about so far. Um, as I said, I was I was oblivious to the fact that empaths didn't know that they were empaths. <laughs> so uh, that would that was a failing on my part, but. Um, I remember going to an event and there were 400 people in the room and it was with Jack Canfield and he had us all stand up and then he said, hug the person next to you. And the person next to me was a complete and total absolute stranger. And we were all supposed to do this to one another. And I can't think of anything that you can publicly get more intimate than a hug. Um, and, and still and still remain in within the bounds of propriety, you know, and so um, People instantly broke out into sweat People started shaking just the amount of emotion You know, we were all flat. We were doing not really flat But you know, we were all kind of excited and happy to be there But then all of a sudden there was such incredible anxiety in this room that I was completely overwhelmed and I wanted to be, I, I felt like I was going to like, you know, jump up to the ceiling and hang on screaming because of everything that I was picking up from everybody in that room. How would you recommend somebody handle that when they have that kind of an emotional overwhelm? I actually was, um, went to some seminar here. It was an all women seminar and it's, it was something similar to you when I was already using these tools and uh, one of the things I went and did, it was some kind of interactive um, thing that we had to do. We had to talk, be real vulnerable and open and talk about, I, I, I cannot remember. But I remember it just brought up a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. People didn't want to be as open and vulnerable. And I remember we did this little exercise and I got up. I went straight into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I locked the store, this stall door, and I actually 
grounded myself, I centered myself, and I washed my hands because water is a great cleanser mm -hmm. with the intention of letting go of the emotions that I picked up. Mm -hmm. And I went back in for the rest of the seminar. And there was a, a Sunday portion to it too. And I said, oh, I'm not going to Sunday. <laughs> I just knew that for myself, to help myself was not going back. Mm -hmm. I think that's hard for people to put themselves first. I think it's hard for them to say, I don't want to do this. And they feel obligated to go back to a seminar or to some type of function that they're at. And I chose not to. And it was interesting because I was with another empath who came from Florida to, to the city to go to this uh, seminar. She sent me a message. She goes, I am not going today. I cannot do this to myself two days in a row. And I said to her, I'm not either. Mm -hmm. And I took self-care for me. I took the day that I needed to just relax and go outside and actually ground. We had nice weather then, which is great to be able to stick your feet in the ground. Or, but when you're in the midst of it, the best thing I could tell you to do or tell somebody to, to do if they're in a big thing like that is to go into a stall, go to the bathroom and just kind of balance and ground yourself and then <laughs> wash your hands because. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of chuckling at you because uh, we actually station people at the doors so people can't do that because it, it prevents them from um, actually facing themselves. So we have different ways of suggesting that an empath can also handle that, which I, I would share. And uh, for me, what I did in that kind of an experience is there was one person there that I trusted. And so I made sure that that person was the last one that I hugged. And then they grounded me. That was what brought me back down to earth. And so, because that was an exercise that we did several times. We did it for, and we were there for an entire week and we did it sometimes twice a day. Um, the people who, who did hang in there with it, who kept doing it, they were actually fine at the end and they looked forward to it and it was a growth process that they went through. But for me, uh, for me, what, if you can find somebody that you trust and somebody that can help you ground, then that is something that I also recommend as a, as a way to be able to get back into that. If you don't have that, then yeah, you, um, what we do is like, we don't lock the doors so people can't get out. You know, it's just that, that somebody who is trained as a facilitator will go with the individual who left. So oh. it's not that they, that they go by themselves and lock themselves in the bathroom. It's just that somebody will go with them and then help them reground. So, um, so, when you had your recovery time from the cancer that you had, how did you, I'm sure that probably made you much more vulnerable to what was going on around in the world because anytime there's a physical wound, there's also an extra vulnerability that happens there. How did you deal with that during that time? It's true. Whenever you don't feel good or you're tired, you are much more vulnerable to what's going on there was a lot of days that there was fear fear for what i was going through but on top of that because i was not at my peak i felt even more with anger and fear and the judgment around just life in general and i actually did a lot of grounding because I had time to heal and, and take care of myself. So I did a lot of grounding. I did a lot of meditating. I did a lot of journaling. I did not ignore any of those feelings because that just makes it worse and it makes it comes back even faster if we try to resist those types of emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that really worked for me is I was able to journal all of this out. Like I just dumped all of these things onto paper and I looked at it. I mean, I really looked at it for me because for me it was, I was scared. I was scared just for myself, you know, going through this. Mm -hmm. And I, I 
actually, when it was all done, I was able to look at the pieces that were working in my life, the things that I was able to be grateful for. And I liked, I took that whole sheet that I did, which was several sheets, and I burned it. <laughs> I just took it and I burned it. And, and I also had other healers who were helping me through this because I think that's paramount to part of our own process to heal is have other healers help us and get through this and see it and feel it and not resist it and be able to move forward with it. Yeah, it's really important. We have, you know, we have a tendency because it's, the word is self-help that we think we have to do it ourselves. And we can't because we are so professional at avoiding our own stuff. And it's like, you know, it, it's our whole life has been spent on trying to avoid pain. And so yes. we know exactly where it's like, oh, no, I'm getting too close to this painful thing. I'll just kind of swerve over here. And if we have a coach or a guide or a mentor, somebody who can help us hold us to the path in a gentle and safe way, then we can actually face our demons rather than trying to avoid them like that. So during your process of being ill, you had your own fears, which are completely understandable. I had cancer as well. It's like, am I going to wake up from the anesthesia? You know, you can just go all over the place with this. Yeah. And um, your husband had his own things. So yeah. because you're in an intimate relationship, how do you keep from picking up all of his stuff? Open communication. <laughs> <laughs> Some serious, open communication. Um, back then, there were a couple of days where we, we were at each other, and then I was like, listen, you need to go here, I need to go here, and we need to come back and have a conversation where this makes sense, because right now we are just totally ignoring each other and button heads. And I picked up on his fear, and, his, and he did not want to tell me, because he didn't want to influence whatever choices I was making. He did not want to influence um me in any way and and he was also afraid like I could sense that fear so now I've got my fears and I'm picking up his fears and I use my tools left and right and I says we need to talk about this because I feel it off of you and we need to come together and have this vulnerable open conversation even if it means it's going to you know, bring up things that each, each other is scared of. And that is what we had to do. We had to sit and I had to share my fears of where I was going and what was happening to me. And he had to share me, share his fears. Like he was afraid of losing me. He was afraid that, you know, what if I died from this? And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty rough for a while. But the more that we were able to say, I'm not having a good day. And these are the reasons why. And I just need a hug or I just need this from you. And then he would be able to say to me, I just got home from work and I need you to give me 10 minutes so that I can regroup. It was those types of conversations that I would say, all right, he needs his downtime. I can go to my other support group over here to mm -hmm. get what I'm looking for. So if we did not have that, I think we probably would have killed each other. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and that has really evolved and grown since it's been now four and a half years that I've had cancer and I, and I am thriving because of it, which people get offended from, but cancer was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. I have completely learned how to eat healthier and use supplements and do all of these holistic things for myself without having to go on medicines or doing things that my body was telling me not to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are people who will be offended, but, <laughs> but that's really okay because it's your journey. So, um, so uh, before, so you've been married for a while before you married your husband, before you knew you were an empath, you both studied and discovered that you were an empath. How did that change your relationship? Oh my God, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> it, 
it was like so like we could actually he's like now i get like he would be he would be like he would come to him he's like everything in our lives is amazing like we have a lot to be grateful for and he goes but yet you're not happy i don't know how to make you happy i don't know how to help you and when i found out all of this he's like oh my god this all makes sense like i get this now and it actually brought us a lot closer and just the other night i was watching some silly commercial and it brought tears to my eyes and it just you know and he, and he came in and he's like why are you crying i don't know i was watching a commercial and he's like okay <laughs> like he gets it and he has that level of understanding and compassion and it also helps me that he is very sensitive himself he's sensitive to what's going on in the world he's sensitive to he's not an, uh, he's more highly sensitive than he is a, an empath which is great to see the distinction mm-hmm. between him um we're able to communicate on a much deeper level now we're able to really share our needs and our desires and our wants and our growth as individual and as a couple and there have been bumpy as hell rides this is not and please don't think that it's been easy it's been really having a lot of communication with one another and being able to understand what the other person needs without getting offended or upset or hurt in the process mm-hmm. yeah um just the the communication and understanding of one another it it is amazing how people just kind of avoid that process they get into their head again and it's all about them and they don't they don't open their hearts to listen to the needs of the other person and it just really causes terrible problems. So you, you mentioned that you have this um, open heart where the wind blows through and that kind of keeps you um, from collecting all of the stuff, but do you have any others daily ritual to keep yourself grounded? Um, Absolutely. I love my coffee. So one of the things that I do like first thing in the morning is I will have my cup of coffee and I will have my me time and I will set an intention of how I want to feel that day. Like um, I've been sick off and on lately and I've been drained and I've been kind of moody waking up. So some of the, some of the intentions will be, I want to have peace today. I want to have energy today. I want to be focused or creative. And as my day progresses, there are things that will affect that. And I'm like, all right, how can I focus on, for example, bringing more peace into my life? What can I do with this situation that will bring more peace into my day? And how can I um, focus on that? And I actually put, I have rocks that I've picked up through my travels with written words on it. So like if I pick peace, I'll put the rock there for me to see, or I'll put it in my pocket. And uh, just recently I had a issue with a family member and I was more reactive instead of responsive. And we kind of ended the conversation and I was like, all right, so what, what, and I waited a day to call back. And I, I remember, um, my thing for the day was joy so i i we got back on the phone in my head i'm like how can we bring joy to this how can we be more open with each other and i wanted to communicate like i may have not handled it when we first had that first conversation but here's how i feel you share with me how you feel and by having those intentions in the morning and having those rituals actually opens us up to be even more caring, more vulnerable, enjoying life at a completely different level. Because I think being an empath really helps us put ourselves in other people's situations and we're able to see and sense what is going on so we can have a deeper understanding of all of those things. Yeah, it's really good. So many people today are, um, and I've seen this a lot, which is why I have have observed it, is that they just want to label a relationship toxic and yeah. then, and then this is a toxic relationship so i don't need to make any effort toward it i'm just going to turn away from it completely 
And um, that's not the way to go about life. I'm, you're going to end up being a very lonely person eventually if you keep doing that. And um, so I, I really admire that you made the effort to maintain that relationship and to go back with your own intention. You changed, you changed what was um, your initial response and recognized that it was a reaction rather than a response. And then you went and made things, so did things end up being better between the two of you? Yes, well, they're, they're definitely being worked on, which is a much more positive thing. Because when I got off the phone, I'm like, ah, ah. And, I, and it's interesting because my husband said, well, let's look at this. Like, I am very grateful that I, I can bounce off of him because he'll tell me, no, hon, this is, this is not that person. It's kind of you. And you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And maybe next time, don't answer the phone at 11 o'clock at night is what he said. And I'm like, that's a really good idea. 11 o'clock at night, no phone calls. I'm not answering. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, know, you never know either at 11 o'clock phone or phone, you know. Phone right. Well, well, that time you would think it would be an emergency. So, yeah. I should have so. said, let's have this conversation tomorrow. But we... We live, and, we live and learn, and we're human beings. Right, yes, exactly. And we need to be able to set the boundaries. So, yes. um, so when you finally figured out that you were an empath, how did you explain it to your husband so that he would understand it? He was doing a lot of the reading, and he was like, yes, this is you. But what also did it was how intuitive and how sensitive we are. and. I, I remember being, um, we were on a line somewhere and I go, you know, this song is in my head and blah, blah, blah. And I tell him the song and he's like, I'm singing that in my head right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I said, yeah. And then there was an, a, a few other times where I had such anxiety. It was Sunday night and I'm like, I, I actually stood up. I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now, but this is, it, it's, Things going on and I've got tremendous anxiety and it came on all of a sudden and he's like that's me I'm like what's going on he's like and there was something going on the next day Monday morning at his job that he needed to make sure he was in charge of these big projects and I'm like okay so it was me actually picking up on him and saying to him these are the things I'm seeing these are the things I'm picking up and he says yeah okay like he did not understand until I was able to really focus in and share these things with him. And it made him say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm singing that, or that's in my head, or that's a conversation I'm having. And um, it's actually pretty interesting that we can do that with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And it was, it was affirmative to him saying, wow, she's really got these other gifts that are deep and I get it now. Mm -hmm. So how do you open the channels of communication when you had that illness? How did you open the channels of communication for the illness? What was going on with you as an empath? Um, there were, that was, it was difficult. So when you're facing something like that, you have to actually look at it and say, what, what can I do here? How can I express this? How can I explain this? And for me, what works best, like I see a lot of people on social media saying, I've got this, I've got that. And for me, I needed to kind of keep it just to a few people that I could trust and I could be myself and I could let down all of those walls and I could share my disappointment in my anger and I realized that a lot of that anger really wasn't so much anger but it was fear mm -hmm. and it was um, disappointment and it was like anger almost covered that up and mm -hmm. it was really delving down deep into yes I'm angry but why am I angry what is my root cause of this anger and where is this root cause coming from and is it easy looking at yourself? Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. Because it, it actually brings up all of these things from your past and from your in the now that you need to say, is this even helping me anymore? And I've got fear around 
um, not being worthy or fear around something that happened when I was 10. But God is not even yours. Let this go. And people say, let it go. But we need to address it and we need to look at it. Mm-hmm. We can let it go. Because by letting it go, by not addressing it, we're just shoveling more dirt on it that's going to come back to uh, visit us eventually. Even worse. Yes, it will. And I, and I do appreciate that you said, talked about anger because anger is always a mask. Anger yeah. is not really the emotion. It's always hiding something else. So, but it requires introspection. It requires the courage to go and look at yourself to see, okay, I'm angry. Why am I angry? And what's underneath that? So, yeah. So tell us, Trisha, how can people get in contact with you if they would like to connect with you? I'm always on social media. Uh, Facebook is Trisha Dyka, or you can send me an email at Trisha at TrishaDyka.com. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts about this or any comments, please share them. I am always willing to help. I'm always willing to, I'm open to hearing what's going on in other people's lives and how I can, you know, be of more value to people and what they need. Well, thank you. And what is the the last thing that you would like people to hear today? Please, please, please. I, I actually have, have, have two. Um, one is, God forbid you have some kind of illness. Please do your own research. Please make sure you pay attention to your body and what your body is trying to tell you because that fear may try to cover it up. And take some time before you make any decisions and make sure you have all the information that you need to feel confident for whatever step you choose to do. Um, that, that for me is really big. I want people to really do their own research. Um, and the other piece that I want them to walk away with is being an empath is not a curse. It's actually a really special gift that we have. And you can be happy and live your life fully. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for being with us today. And for those of you who um, didn't catch how to spell her last name, it's D-Y-C-K-A, right? Okay, excellent. So you can reach her at Trisha Dyka. Trisha no, at TrishaDyka.com. Trisha Trisha okay, yeah. Perfect, okay, great. Thanks so much, Trisha. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcasts. This is the EWN Podcast Network.